So at 7.05, I'm going to call this meeting of the San Leandro City Council to order. Uh, Madam Clerk, well, I will lead us quickly in the Pledge of Allegiance, and then we will move to our roll call. Madam Clerk, would you please take the roll? Councilmember Aguilar. Present. Councilmember Azevedo. Present. Councilmember Ballou. Present. Councilmember Bowen is absent. Vice Mayor Simon. Present. Mayor Gonzalez. Present. Thank you. Please read your announcement at this time. Yes. If you would like to make a public comment during the meeting, you can do so in person or via Zoom. If you are present at the meeting, please complete a speaker card and submit it to the city clerk before the item is presented. If you wish to participate in public comment via Zoom, you can use the raise your hand tool when the item is called. During the public comment session, speakers will be invited to speak and a countdown timer will appear for their convenience. And when time is up, the microphone will be muted. All raised hands outside of public comment will be lowered to avoid confusion. Once public comment is opened, hands may be raised to speak. There will be a 30 minute window for public comments, which will take place under item nine, public comments, as per the published agenda. After this time is up, the council will proceed with the rest of the meeting's agenda. If you have not had the opportunity to speak during the initial 30-minute period, there will be another chance to do so after item 15, council reports. Thank you. Okay, so moving on to item three today, there are no recognitions. Item four, amendment of our consent calendar. Um, I seem to recall, uh, Councilmember Ballou, that you would like to pull an item. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I'd like to pull item 5G, like George. Perfect. Are there any others? I'll take a motion. Uh, Councilmember Regular. I'd like to move the consent calendar with the exception of item 5G. Thank you. Vice Mayor Simon. Okay, thank you. Any public comment on this item? No public comment. Uh, yes, we have one public comment online. Sorry. Thank you. Can you get if the you would take ready? two minutes, please. Douglas Spaulding, you may unmute yourself. Thank you. Good evening, council members. Uh, I believe this is item five, as in amendment. Was calling it. If that, that's the um, item that is uh, concerns the Shoreline Park, uh, this is a, a up to three and a half million dollar uh, uh, item related to an even bigger uh, ticket, uh, fifty million dollar ticket to, to build the Shoreline Park. Uh, so I, I guess one question I have is, um, haven't we done some of the preliminary work on this already? I remember going to meetings that were sort of uh, you know the brainstorming. Um, uh imagine what you want and then i haven't really heard anything so i don't know what the plan is i don't know if anyone else in san leandro does maybe those of you in city government are in the know but i would certainly like to be able to know uh one specific um interest my family has is in the tile mosaic about the oyster beds the historic uh, oyster beds and I'd like to know if that is a uh, plan to be preserved, if it's going to be moved, if it's going to be used as uh, part of the wall of the, you know, rental thing as was a suggestion that I had made 
Um, so I'd like to know where I can go to find out what the status of that, that is. I, I would like for it not to be demolished, but to be preserved somehow. My other thought is um, I, I, I read through the, um, the documentation here, and uh, my understanding is that, that the city is going to have to uh, offer some compensatory um, mitigation uh, due to net bay fill with this project. And I'm wondering if um, perhaps um, leaving the bayside aquifer alone uh, not drilling down and filling it with clean, pristine water from the Mequalamy watershed uh, would help to serve in this purpose. So maybe that's something, something that someone can explore. Thank you. Thank you. Lucas, you may unmute yourself. Uh, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mayor and Council, for taking my comment this evening. I apologize for raising a comment so early, but there is a there are two very interesting items on, on the consent calendar. One was the 5D, which is the fiscal year quarter financial report and the performance measures. And I, I, I could very easily tell from the performance measures whether we're on target. And there, there's a very clear performance target and quarter actual. There are a few that drew my attention. You know, the, the vacancies in the SLPD seem, seem quite a bit um, above the performance target. And something similar similarly worrisome is happening with the responses to graffiti incidents and the responses to sidewalk repairs, they're all a little bit below target. And on the financial report, we seem to be spending a little bit more than we should um, year to date. Um, and in the, sec in the third column of that um, a spreadsheet, um, that than we were last year at a comparable period of the year. So I just want to get a sense of like, is, is the city still on target? And then my other item that I wanted to comment on is also 5G, but this one as always is more money oriented. I was looking at the compensation schedule and reimbursable expenses and for a $2 million uh, total project on page one of, of um, attachment C, uh, 270,000 are going to construction admin assistance. Uh, 100,000 is going to construction meetings. Uh, 140,000 is going to project coordination and management. Um, another 127,000 is going to project meetings. It, it feel, it, the way that I read it, maybe 30% of this project is just meetings. And I just wanna draw the council's attention to the way that money is being spent on this very expensive uh, project. Um, agree with Douglas Spalding on his comments. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Mayor, there's no more public comment. Okay, so I will cl close public comment at this time. Um, I don't know, City Manager, if you'd like to offer a brief summary of the work on 5G when uh, we were pulling it already. So let's take a, we will take a vote on the existing motion. We'll have Council Member Ballou exit, and then perhaps you could provide a brief summary on the work under 5G. So at this time, at this point in time, unless there's further discussion, let's please vote on our consent calendar with the exception of 5G. And that was moved by Councilmember Aguilar and seconded by the Vice Mayor. All votes are in, motion passes. 5-0 with Councilmember Bowen absent. At this point in time, Councilmember Ballou, if you could Recuse yourself and welcome. Mr. Mayor, I'm not really sure if I have an FPPC real property conflict of interest, but under an abundance of, ca of uh, caution and under advice of our city attorney, 
I am recusing myself from item 5G. I will leave the room and then come back after the vote is complete. Thank you. So in a part in a separate, separate from the recusal, I think just having the opportunity to spend a, a minute, 30 seconds, something exploring the project a little bit for the benefit of the public that spoke. Thank you, Mayor, City Council members and public. Um, so essentially this is part of, this is a large park that's part of the master development plan out at the shoreline. And the city is uh, planning alongside our current master developer to uh, while they will be constructing the houses, hotels, uh, golf courses, we're going to be constructing the park. And uh, the idea behind it is to use the proceeds from the land sale or the housing to fund this project. We've uh, spent several years in design in already um, concepts for the park. This contract is really prepping um, the schematic drawings for construction. That's why it's being led by the engineering department. And then at that point, we will be ready to go out to bid for construction. And so this is the first step in uh, what we like to call shovel-ready projects. And it will also prepare us well to be competitive for grant funding as we proceed to uh, seek additional funds for this park through state and federal grants. Thank you for that summary. I'd look into my council. Are there any additional questions or comments on this item? Seeing none, can we please vote? All votes are in. Motion passes for one, one with uh, Councilmember Ballou recused and Councilmember Bowen absent. So at this point in time, um, we have moved through items four, five, and six. Uh, moving to item number seven, I know there was a extensive discussion, and thank you to the public. I know we were about five minutes late. Thank you for uh, allowing us to be late so we could complete our closed session. Is there anything reportable, uh, City Attorney? Thank you, Mayor Gonzalez. No reportable actions were taken in closed session. At this point in time, we will move to item number eight. Is there any city attorney, city manager report that you would like to make? Thank you, Mayor, City Council members, and members of the community. I have a very special report tonight. This week is National Engineers Week, which is this, a celebration that takes place on the third week of February annually because it coincides with President George Washington's birthday in honor of the first president's background as an engineer and land surveyor. National Engineer Week was created to honor remarkable men and women in the engineer in the engineer career field, such as our own Vice Mayor Simon. This week is also a way to celebrate how engineers make a difference in our world, increase public dialogue about the need for engineers, and bring engineering to life for kids, educators, and parents. The theme this year is Welcome to the Future. It's about celebrating today's achievement and paving the way for a brighter and more diverse future in engineering. As you can see from our agenda tonight with items related to the Shoreline Park and the Bay Fair transit-oriented development, San Leandro's future looks very bright. Thank you. I'm assuming, do you have something you'd like to share? Okay. 
Yes, Mayor, I just wanted to, uh, for those appointed commissioners of the city and for uh, staff who have to file Form 700s, you should have been notified by the city clerk to file your Form 700s by April 2nd of this year. So please remember to file your Form 700s, uh, which are your conflict of interest forms. If you have any questions, to contact uh, Kelly Clancy, the city clerk's office. Thank you. Vice Mayor Simon, did you have a comment on Engineers Week or an Engineering Week? Let's hear it. I just wanted to thank our city manager for recognizing Engineers Week. I wanted to thank all of our engineering staff here at the city. You're doing an excellent job. And any youth that are interested in it, I just wanted to share what a great profession it is. And uh, there's internships throughout many public agencies, and that's a great way to learn to pique your interest and wanted to thank our engineering staff, Sheila Marquez here, I see her in the back. And um, great job, our engineers here at San Leandro. Thank you for that. So at this point in time, we're gonna to move to agenda item number nine, which is the opportunity for our public to share uh, questions, comments, about items that are not already on our agenda. And we will provide uh, uh, two minutes for folks to bring their concerns to the extent that they haven't already been shared with us by email or other formats in which we take input. And I do have Council Member Blue with a question or comment or clarifier. Thank you. On my uh, brief, or what do you, I forget what you call this one, annotated uh, agenda. I see there's something that else was included in the city manager's report. But so not. we will come back to, that, back in, to that in due course. Thank you. Thank you. So at this point in time, opening the floor to public comment. And do we have any public comment in person? Mr. Mayor, we have one public comment in person. Okay. Robert Hertzfeld. Hello, City San Leandro. Robert Hertzfeld here to talk about the Burroughs Griffith Street uh, RV encampment. I just want to keep this at your attention and hopefully that we're uh, doing something at my, my time here is, uh, you know, getting something done, I hope. Um, that's all. I just, you know, we're looking for your help. Uh, we want to clean up our streets. I will say uh, you guys are talking about a shoreline development. Uh, the bay is right in our backyard. Um, these RVs that are there, storm drains right below them. They uh, do their, uh, their waste disposal there. And uh, we all know where that goes. And uh, you guys have something priceless in this shoreline that we have here. It's, uh, you guys have a nice city, and uh, let's keep it nice. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Mayor, there's no more public comment in person. We will go to public comment online. Thank you. Sir Lane Grant, you may unmute yourself. Hi, good evening. Um, I just wanted to encourage the council when you are appointing or when you meet to appoint a city council person. For the vacancy to please do not and not take it to a vote of the people. We're at um, almost a million dollars. Ms. Grant, we're going to ask you to uh, perhaps double check your microphone, your headset. You're coming through in the chambers quite garbled. And so if you can perhaps make an adjustment, we're going to move to our next person and we'll circle back to you. Okay. Okay. That might not be possible. Thank you. Thanks. Lucas, you may unmute yourself. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. 
Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking another one of my comments in this section. I just wanted to return uh, to my earlier comment about um, the budget progress and the expenditures. And I recently uh, read the fiscal year 2024, uh, 2025, and 2023 and 2024 budget documents. And on the fiscal year 2023 and 2024 and 25, uh, as it's posted on the city website, uh, specifically page 27. I don't know if, if, if you guys uh, take notes of this, but uh, there, there's a very interesting page on tw or st statement and table on page 27 that says, the table below summarizes projected general fund revenues compared to expenditures during the time period and estimated surpluses or deficits. And for the next uh, 10 years from 2023 to 2032, every year we are projecting an operating shortfall this, you know, 5.3 million, 5.9 million, 1 million, 4.9 million, 4.5 million, 3 million, such that the ending fund balance, which I assume is some sort of measure of reserves, is going to go down from 67 million to 44 million. So it's going to get depleted by about a third. And there's a really useful chart on page 28 of the budget report that shows like a red curve of expenditures and a green curve of revenues. And every year, the revenue line is below the expenditure line. And we spent a lot of money in 2021 and two and three because of COVID, et cetera. Uh, but I, I don't see in these types of reports the type of um, uh, do, you know, diligence and, and restraint that's needed to make sure that you know, we, we don't undo years and decades of you know, good stewardship of the city budget. Um, thank you for taking my comment. Thank you. Douglas Spalding, you may unmute yourself. Thank you, it's a pleasure to follow. Lucas, Lucas, I'm glad you live in our city. You're a smart guy, I always appreciate your comments. Uh, you know, it seems not that long ago that we had a budget task force that identified a structural deficit in our budget. Uh, and just last week, as you were interviewing um, possible candidates for district one seat, uh, uh, council member Aguilar uh, kept coming back to the $300 million and unfilled um, um, capital improvement projects. Uh, and yet the city spends like we just won the lottery. I have, uh, I have some concerns about money. One is, um, you know, I would like us to bring back Chief Abdul Pridgen, who's been sidelined for no apparent reason, except uh, perhaps the thinly veiled hatred of the SL uh, uh, POA. Uh, but I assume he's on paid leave. Are, are we then paying twice the salary for the same position? Uh, just so we can have a rent a chief? Uh, seems like a waste of money to me. Uh, it would be a super waste of money to have to run an election to fill the district one seat. So I call on you, the city council, to please make sure you make a choice and select someone next week, next Tuesday in your special session. Um, I don't really have a horse in that race, uh, but going back and, and looking at the video, you know, it, there's clearly one candidate who stands head and shoulders above the other ones. Uh, and that's Ms. Walton. She's the most qualified, she's the most erudite, she's the most effective, and she's the most likely to be reelected to the council. So why have to start, you know, reinvent the wheel next, uh, next, next winter? But maybe that's why she hasn't garnered more than two votes because, uh, because we're all playing politics. Um, Finally, uh, well, I don't think I really have time, so I think I'm, I'm going to wait with uh, my other comments. I, I'm concerned about the Friends of San Leander Creek 
being um, kicked out of the city budget and being invited to uh, submit a contract because the contract sounds more expensive than just being part of the budget. Thank you. Thank you. Your time is up. Mr. Mayor, there's no more public comment. So I do not see Ms. Grant with her hand raised again. So Ms. Grant, if you could please just send us an email with your comments or just to reach out to us individually. So I'll close public comment. And what I'd like to do is kind of a, at least briefly address a couple of comments since they have come before. You know, in particular, we've talked about um, Burroughs and the adjoining street, whose name I can't remember right now. Perhaps city manager, you could address that. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, yes, so there has been um, some challenges on the street you were referencing was Griffith and Burroughs. Uh, staff is aware and we appreciate you continuing to reach out and um, be a partner with us. For the next uh, 45 days, we do have a short-term plan. We are uh, finalizing an updated notice of code enforcement and this cites all, all the codes violations that are occurring. So we're working on that. We're also going to be scheduling weekly cleanups for the next 45 days. Uh, my uh, staff will be out there to provide business owners with additional information on when and how to contact the PD regarding criminal issues. There's separate responses depending on whether a crime is occurring or whether we just have code enforcement violations, which is a different team. Um, and we're also, uh, we have a team that's communicating with the uh, RV residents and what the city's expected required behavior for those residents will be. After the 45 days, if we continue to see increased challenges from this neighborhood, we will start to look to post notice to vacate and increase enforcement efforts here. And I wanted to also let the public know in general citywide, we are continuing to explore mid and long-term options to address RV homelessness in the community. And specifically at Griffith and Burroughs, we're well aware that that's um, a site that is particularly challenging. Um, once we have a more fleshed out plan on this mid long-term options, we're going to be bringing those updates to council and um, we'll have, be happy to share them with you too. So thank you for coming out. I think it might also be useful to recognize um, on, the sep on the second speaker, I think it was Lucas who spoke about a structural deficit and the money that's, that's being spent that it has been long projected. It was talked about it during the budget task force. One of the reasons that reserves have been built up to some degree is to recognize the, the presence of the unfunded liabilities and increased payments are required uh, uh, towards the, the pensions and other obligations that we have. I think more generally as a council, we recognize the need for long-term investment in our city or structural issues that exist. And we will be talking about that at our April planning session and then uh, be in discussions with our residents. So with that, why don't we move to item number 10, public hearing. There is not one scheduled today. This would be a good opportunity then to move to item 11, city council calendar and announcements. This is what council members announce upcoming events that they encourage residents to attend and to coordinate attendance amongst ourselves so we make sure that we're splitting up the activities appropriately and to make brief comments on issues of concern. I'll go to Councilmember Ballou first. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. My uh, calendar announcement that I have an issue of concern. My calendar announcements are that on February 28th, should we find it necessary to have a meeting for the District 1 appointment, um, I could probably attend remotely. It's not the best case scenario. 
February 29th, I would have a problem. Um, I have a work conflict that I would really have to do a lot of scrambling to work around. So I'm hoping we can uh, come to some sort of conclusion on the 27th. Also on March 4th and March 11th, I'll be on a long-term vacation to New Zealand and I will either attend remotely or will not be concerned with the doings of the city council on one or two of those days, depending on what's on the agenda. I can do it, but it involves coming calling in on a different date at a different time. So we'll see how that goes. I just want to let everyone know. And I think the clerk has the address of where I would be calling in from if needed. Uh, my issue of concern is the Griffiths and Burroughs. I only want to say that I have a concern that we might be sending the wrong message if we're going to communicate with RV residents about our expected or required behavior for their residents there. My concern would be that we have to be careful not to give the message that it's okay to live on a street there. It's not zoned for that. It's not proper. It's not the best case and not the best way. And I know we don't have an alternative and there are some legal constrictions about enforcing something if we don't have an alternative. However, in deference to people like Coca-Cola who have been here for 30, 40 years and contribute a great deal to this city and the other businesses on boroughs, I want to make sure that we're not sending mixed messages about it's okay to live in your RV and disrupt what's going on on a business street. And I know if we move them, they end up somewhere else. I, I completely understand that. But I think we're at critical mass right now with our business people and with our residents about the acceptance of allowing people to live like that. And I think we need to be really careful in our messaging. I would like to see a copy of whatever message we're sending to those people down there so that we can take a look and see if it's appropriate. Those are my comments. Vice Mayor, please. Thank you. I have an issue of concern I'd like to share. The speaking on behalf of myself as Vice Mayor and not on behalf of the whole Council or the city, I am following up on my comments from February 5th, 2024, council meeting regarding Chief Pridgen. At the same time, I want to show my appreciation for those officers that are putting in their all to try and keep our city safe, including our four new officers and police staff we met on February the 5th. Just this weekend, I understand we had an extremely thin night shift, extremely. In my opinion, this is not safe for the community or the officers. I have ideas to bring in more staff quickly for the safety of us all, the community, and the police themselves. As I mentioned many months ago, and Councilmember Azevedo has mentioned as well, which is to bring in private security for temporary eyes and ears on the street to serve as a deterrent and to call in sworn officers when needed, supporting our city until we are staffed up. And I understand our city manager is working on a plan for that, and uh, we should be seeing something in the coming months. However, I still remain concerned about the current and future safety of our community and continuation of police reform. In my opinion, it seems our city has stalled when it comes to police reform and safety in San Leandro. Let's change that and kick our city back into gear. Again, for the record tonight, I want to say my appreciation for Chief Pridgen, just as I have at past council meetings when the chief was on duty. I am actively discussing with the city manager, the police directly, as well as working with our mayor on new council actions that can be taken to help increase public safety in our city. Okay, so I will go to Councilmember Aguilar next, please. Uh, thank you, Mayor Gonzalez. I just wanted to echo what uh, Councilmember um, Simon had mentioned and then also uh, touch up on what my council colleague um, uh, 
people who had mentioned with regards to uh, box appliance services. Um, you know, Bob has been constantly emailing our city uh, and Bill Moore with regards to what is happening with uh, the mobile home park. I mean, the mobile home units that are parked outside. I think we have uh, ordinance with regards to parking vehicles that are larger than 22 feet um, on on city streets. So I, I'd like to see, you know, we'll see some updates as to what we are doing with regards, uh, you know, we've get countless emails uh, and countless complaints and they keep coming back. I think, you know, the squeaky wheel does get the oil in this case. And we've been working together to make sure that we're trying to remedy the issue. Uh, not only have we gotten complaints from Coca-Cola, uh, like Council Bolu had said, but, um, you know, Bob, Robert has been and Bill have been very vocal uh, as to what is going on in, in that area, which is um, particularly my my district. And it's uh, constant. I drive by and it's, it's just, you know, we move the folks and they come right back to that location um, because it's there's a easy place for them to dump, um, like Robert had mentioned, their waste with near the, the sewer lines. Um, but also there's a lot of activity happening within the abandoned railroad tracks that are right behind Coca-Cola uh, and box appliance uh, location. So I think being, you know, visible and, and making sure that we're uh, citing uh, those mobile home <clears throat> units that are uh, illegally parked um, is something that we need to do and, you know, work around it. We've been working together with our human services department to make sure that we're trying to remedy the issue, but it seems like it just keeps coming back. So any other solutions that we can offer to help um, offer services uh, and to make sure that we're solving this concern. I just want to make sure that we're listening to Robert and Bill and the folks at Coca-Cola to address this issue because I hate to see them consistently come back at every single council meeting. Thank you. And seeing no others, I'll offer two quick uh, announcements. First, uh, grateful for the work that's done by been done by the city attorney, city manager, and the full team in coordinating with Union Pacific Railroad. We now have formal uh, a formal letter from them, enabling us to enforce uh, trespass laws on their property because that is private prof property, uh, and that helps us better address criminal activity that's happening on that private property without having to go to them each time. Uh, secondly, there's a, a celebration at one of our companies, Kuberg here in San Leandro, and the Secretary of Energy will be coming from Washington to visit us next week. And so that's exciting to have the Secretary coming out to San Leandro. So with that, we'll move to item number 11, or item number 12. We have no presentations tonight, so we'll move to our action items in 13A. And this is a uh, looking at a resolution to approve and authorize a city manager to execute a consulting service agreement with a good city company, an amount not to exceed $1.8 million in preparation for the Bayfair TOD development plan and other related activities. So I've got Assistant Community Development Director Avalon Schultz here to introduce the item. Good evening, Mayor and Council. Um, if you don't mind, we'll just take a moment tonight to give an update on Bayfair in addition to talking about the contract award that's on the agenda. And so just for the familiarity of those who might be watching from home, the Bayfair Transit-Oriented Development is a planned, what we call TOD, 
um, of 150 acres surrounding the Bayfair BART station. And on the right side uh, in the blue, you see what we call subarea one, which is our core area within the Bayfair TOD that we'd like to really focus on redevelopment potential. The planning process for creating a new neighborhood around the Bayfair BART station with, you know, full services, mix of land uses started back in our 2016 general plan that was looking out to the year 2035. And a lot of work has been done since then. So we have a specific plan, which is a standalone document really diving deep on, on the vision for this area. We've done implementing zoning and thanks to feedback from the city council, we paused that effort. We made sure to enact mobile home park protections so that we didn't have displacement pressures on the two mobile home parks in the plan area. And those were actually extended citywide. So there's an extra layer of protection there. And then in 2023, we had a grant from MTC, the Metropolitan Transportation Commission, to explore infrastructure phasing and financing. And when we explored that topic, we realized there was some additional planning that needs to be done for Bayfair for us to really understand the infrastructure needs. And so that's when we applied for this, this next grant, um, which we received for $1.8 million to do a development plan for Bayfair. And then not to overlook, we also brought to you uh, amendments to our zoning code to allow research and development campus uses in Bayfair based on the new owner's uh, plans for the mall, which I'll cover as well. I won't elaborate on this, but the Bayfair TOD vision is really for, for a full service, local and regionally serving district. It's a mixed use neighborhood, parks, open space, meeting everybody in the community's needs, and lots of housing potential for the site. Subarea one has a mix of owners. It's actually not too many owners for an area this big. It's 72 acres. We'll be working with five property owners on this next phase of planning. Target in red owns their own property. The yellow is B3 investors. They purchased the Bayfair Mall. They're the largest owner in the area. And then BART is also a substantial property owner. They have the two parking lots on either side of the station. The southern parking lot's actually in unincorporated Alameda County. And then Kimco owns a uh, shopping center there at Fairmont and Hesperian. And then in purple in the corner there is the AMG property that has been entitled for nearly 500 units of housing. While there's still a good number of retailers in the mall, of course, it would be remiss not to mention Macy's announcing their closing. And while we recognize what a loss that is for the community and um, you know how many people have really strong memories of going to Bay Fair with their families and you know it's a really memorable place, um, there are some exciting plans for that portion of the mall that I'd like to fill you in on. B3 Investors also owns Gate 510 between Davis and Williams, and that is there the landlord to Kuberg, who Mayor Gonzalez just mentioned is having an exciting um, visit by the Secretary of Energy. So they are no strangers to research and development and technology. They purchased the mall in the summer of 2022, and they have a plan to turn the back half of the mall into a jobs-rich research and development campus, um, along with you know services that would meet the needs of, of those, those workers. And I'll just add, so with Macy's announcing their closure ahead of the end of their 2025 last lease option, it unlocks the phase two of that research and development campus potential. It also unlocks all of the parking where new buildings could be constructed. But when you have 
tenants tying up those parking spaces, there's not a lot of options, right? So as much as we, you know, mourn the loss of what Bayfair was, um, there's a lot of exciting opportunity looking to the future. These are some of the ideas that the owners have been inspired by, other uh, malls that have been adapted into, you know, job intensive uses throughout the nation. There are two tenants currently slated to move in in the near future. Berkeley Yeast is a research and development company coming from Oakland, and Circuit Launch is a exciting technology incubator that is also signed a lease. And so the build-out is underway. Um, when the owners purchased the site, there were unused spaces filled with storage. There was a comic book storage company in there. Um, they started tearing out the improvements to see what quality of building laid underneath. And then on the upper right, you can see what's, what it looks like today. Um, or actually a few weeks ago, it's probably looks even different today, but you know, they've opened up storefront glazing. They have, um, conference rooms they're adding, they're cutting open the ceiling and the floor deck to allow light into the building and to really adapt this to usable space for employees. And here's an, uh, just a quick review of the exterior changes. And then the lab space that's being created inside for Berkeley Yeast. So the next steps for planning for Bayfair around the perimeter of the mall, now that we know this, this new investment is happening, the mall's not going anywhere. Um, these owners have a vision and they're implementing their vision and there's significant funds going into the construction. We will be focusing on the perimeter of the mall and the other parcels to see what the development potential is with a real eye towards circulation. How do we get people to BART? How do people bike and walk safely? And a big key to that will be looking at parking and how do we, you know, how do we fund BART replacement parking? How do we have a more efficient use of parking so that people can park once and visit all of the different activities within the district? And the development plan grant that we received will really help us identify what key catalytic infrastructure is needed that could also perhaps be grant funded to help unlock the development potential of this area. We did go through a competitive process to select the consultant that we've put before you tonight. And after interviews, we included BART, we included property owners to give us feedback on the, on the top proposals. We have selected Good City Company and there's a multidisciplinary team that they have proposed um, that we think is very well suited to this complicated project. And so we are recommending that the council uh, authorize the city manager to execute a consulting service agreement with Good City Company and to appropriate the $1.8 million in funds that will be offset by our PDA grant from MTC. And I'm here if you have any questions. Thank you. So at this point in time, we will move to council members for any questions. And after that, we'll move to the public for public comment before coming back for deliberation. Council member Aguilar, please. Thank you, Mayor Gonzalez. Thank you, Avalon, for the, the presentation. Have we worked or consulted? I know I've had a conversation with BART with regards to um, their parking lot space in San Leandro, but also, you know, questioning the unincorporated parking aspect too. So we got rid of zoning height restrictions within the TOD area, specifically BART, to build up as what they did to their Oakland BART station. I believe it's Rock Ridge. Um, we had conversations with regards to inviting them to do what they've done over there here. Yeah. So the county is working, they're going to be working closely with us as well. 
Um, we actually are looking to get another $400,000 grant to do a community-based transportation plan. I would say up to 400, the amount's pending, but uh, with Alameda County so that we can look collaboratively at the whole area. And the county is going through their housing element right now, and they will be rezoning their half of the BART site uh, by June of this year is what the estimate is. And so I think the the goal of this effort is to see how much density and intensity can we achieve close to BART. Absolutely. So we anticipate coming back with zoning amendments and um, you know going up as high as we can with you know with still looking at the impacts and making sure we're mitigating for those. So that'll be part of this process. And BART's been working very closely with us on this grant and um, we're having very frequent meetings to make sure that we're in lockstep. So I think we're looking at you know tax base revenue that is you know what we're trying to get in our city and that's kind of like something that's missing we have the land we have the opportunity we just need to you know go through the red tape to make sure that we're crossing our t's and dotting our i's to make sure that we can invite this type of development here in san leandro specifically within the bart area but also inviting life science life science campuses um in bayfair i think it's underutilized space that has a lot of potential and I think working with this consultant would benefit the city. So thank you. Thank you. So I'll go to Councilman Brasavita, please. Thank you for your presentation and thank you to all the staff for all the hard work. This um, I'm happy to see this going. When does um phase one end? When when can they start having working and getting employees in there? When when does this seem? Yeah, I think they're now that Macy's is departing, um Anytime tenants are ready to sign a lease, they'll have an opportunity to, to be part of phase one or two. I think um, it's it's really market-driven right now. And so once the first two tenants are in, it'll probably be easier to get more tenants to sign leases once they've seen the proof of concept. I think um, when you tell people they could work in the mall building, they're kind of scratching their heads. But once they see the lab space built out, um, I think it'll really help people understand the value of that, of that building. Yes. Yeah. And I'm happy we were able to protect the mobile homes because that's real important to me, as you guys know. Thank you. Thank you. Vice Mayor, please. Uh, thank you for the presentation. A question for you regarding the UP railroad abandoned tracks. And I, I just see it kind of between the two developments that they're showing are the property owners, but there's no real mention or discussion of it. And it's like a vital link to other our own community, San Leandro, bringing downtown into Bayfair or even unincorporated, allowing us to come in to shop and spend money. How does development of that UPRR track into a green belt fit into this plan and how can we push it to make it happen? Yes, great, great observation. Um, ACTC is the lead agency looking at the East Bay Greenway project, the rails to trails project for that UPRR line. Um, they ran into some snags with acquiring the right of way for the project from UP. And so they've shifted the first phase of that connection to a protected bike lane that's planned for San Leandro Boulevard coming up and turning onto East 14th all the way down through to the county. So we're coordinating on that, the first phase. But you're right, the eventual conversion of those tracks to 
to an open space trail would be really beneficial to this area. Um, we will be studying the grade differences caused by those tracks, especially when you, you know, when you look at accessing the BART station and the differences in, in elevation, that will be part of our study. Um, and we'll be working closely with ACTC so we can, you know, stay appraised of the Greenway project, but I don't know that we'll be able to influence the timing since the problem is more with acquiring the right-of-way. Do you know what the difficulty is in acquiring that right-of-way since these tracks, I understand, have been abandoned for many years? Um, I can inquire more. I think it, Union Pacific's a really large entity, so I think it can be challenging to work with such a large entity that's not, you know, it's not a local entity. And there are also maybe some cleanup issues with the condition of the site, um, from what I've heard, but we can get more information on that. That'll be appreciated. And then is, is UPRR the same as the, are they related to the capital quarter project that we heard about a year and a half ago, $250 million they want to put into that to save seven minutes? I think that's correct. Yes. Yeah. Director okay, Marquis yeah. says yes. Is there a way that we can negotiate use some negotiation there with that $250 million they want to spend for seven minute savings from Sacramento to San Jose to help us bring some benefit to San Leandro, which is this greenway? We hear you. So we'll we'll do what we can. Um I won't speak for Director Marquesas, but I think um we can exert what what authority we have. I just uh it'll be a, a larger effort, but we can, we can also talk to other, you know, our other municipalities in the region and um, we'll do what we can. Okay. The next question is parks. And I thought I saw a version at some point with some green area, especially with Estadillo Canal, which connects Bayfair through the manor down to the San Francisco Bay. Uh, I see future East Bay Greenway here. Um, could you talk a little bit more about the parks plan and then how our neighboring park agencies such as Ard Hayward Area Recreation District, which butts right up against this area, how are they being involved with this? Yes, thank you. Yeah, open space within this district is a huge priority. Um, and so when we did the zoning, we required publicly accessible open space. If new developers were going to come in and build, they have to provide some public open space. Um, within the district rather than just paying a fee, right? Because we want to make sure that there is open space in this area. So the development plan is going to figure out the appropriate location for consolidated open space here. The specific plan was more flexible. It didn't go so far as to say, here's where the park will go. But with this next phase, we will be identifying where open space should be located on the site with input from all the developers, the owners, I should say. And so open space within Bayfair will be a huge part of this project. And then we will be engaging our other agencies. So we've got Alameda County Planning. We've got Alameda County Public Works. Um, we will talk to HARD about the Hayward Area Recreation District open space in the near vicinity to Bayfair. Um, we'll be working with AC Transit, of course, BART. So we'll be working with a lot of our, our technical advisors during this process as well. Thank yeah. you. I have one final question. Should I wait? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, my last question is, I'm really excited to hear about the tech 
or laboratory company or organization coming in. That's really great news for jobs and bringing money in for shopping. Really good to hear. And my question has to deal with job development and the underserved, any of which who live in the area unincorporated, even our town, and youth underserved, people of color. Is there any planned job development associated with these labs or with this um, proposed new use? It's a really great question. Um, we have Carrington College located within the, the same part of the mall that, that the R&D facilities are going into. And we're working with our economic development team to look at additional opportunities for, for workforce training. So one of the potential land uses would include some sort of higher institutions, right, to do um, education of the workforce and connect them with training programs, you know, we'll have a lot of R&D businesses within the malls. So it's definitely part of our vision to figure that piece out. Um, and so the development plan process will be a really good way for us to embark on that next phase and start having conversations with the various institutions within, within you know, pretty close range, especially considering the BART stop right there. Thank you. Thank you. So just to ask a couple of questions to like triple clarify and confirm, because I'm pretty sure I know the answer to all of these, but let's just make sure. Uh, the $1.8 million that we're talking about for our consultant, we receive that money as part of a grant. Yeah, we will be reimbursed as part of a grant. Part of a grant. That's fair enough. 100%. So it's it's not, it's net, net, not going to be out of our pocket. That's correct. We have to front the money. Okay. Yes. Second question. Um, Already for this area, we've approved approximately 500 affordable housing units, correct? There's an entitlement for 500 units or 497. Um, the number of affordable units will vary depending on the they funding actually, they receive. Yeah. How they get their funding, how they build it out. But yep. we've, for lack of a better word, given the uh, the first round of approval for them to then go and say, we have permission to in concept build. Then they have to draw, draw it up and see what kind of funding that they get and make it more precise. Yeah, they received the entitlements. That's correct. And they used state streamlining. So that was one of the first projects we got where it didn't go through a hearing process because of the state streamlining options. Perfect. That's correct. The Estadio Canal, um, we have had, discussions with Alameda Flood Control, and they are willing to participate with us in visioning yes. about how we might uh, create greater accessibility between BART and this space. 100%, yes. Okay. And then we've been working collaboratively with BART around how their space might be redeveloped to be integrated, for lack of a better word, seamlessly from the BART platform into the space. That's correct. Okay. Um, the only other question would be around um, the site itself. Um, I know that you and I have visited the site. I visited the site at other times. I think it's fair to say that there's uh, tremendous infrastructure within the mall itself, for lack of a better description. Yes. Great power, mm -hmm. great in uh, the support beams are 
something that we wouldn't expect in modern construction. It's very, uh, very well built, for lack of a better word. Yes. So there's a lot of flexibility in terms of what can come to that space just from the physical infrastructure uh, perspective. Yes, very correct. And I think it's when you think of an older building, you don't always think of that in a positive way. But the age of this building has resulted in the infrastructure you described and the type of construction being impossible to build today. So it's 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 a very beneficial attribute at this point. The age of the building resulted in some really um, great selling points for attracting the types of tenants we're looking to attract. Nice. And the, the last question, I know that there have been some concerns about the track space and the securing of the location. I think the last update that I got said that they had successfully built out the type of fence that they wanted, but maybe you can just confirm or elaborate. Yeah, so it's just off screen here. Um, let me see if I have this. I'll just quickly share. Um, given, you know, given the vicinity, we've got UPRR tracks, we've got the BART, you know, BART tracks. There's there have been some issues with public dumping and encampments in this area. And the private owners have successfully installed um, a fence to secure the private property. And there was a recent agency cleanup of this area behind the building. Um, and the police department has been coordinating with the property ownership to help provide them the support that they need. So they're having frequent meetings and being on site together and, and evaluating the situation so that they have that support. Okay. Thank you for, for answering the questions. I'll go back to Councilmember Aguilar. Uh, thank you, Mayor Gonzalez. I just add a quick question with regards to this contract. It's a two-year contract that starts in March and ends in December 31st, 2026. So I don't see anything baked in with regards to, I mean, is December 31st, 2026 a hard deadline? Because I know with, you know, city council members and disagreements, um, it could take longer than that. And the contract's for 1.8, and I'm just concerned about, you know, some of the, the rates that have been proposed on this, on this proposal. Um, what do we anticipate if we do, I mean, what does it look like if we do go over and has, have those questions been asked if we don't come to fruition of making the decision to have a presentation set to complete what is anticipated on this scope of work? Yeah, I feel confident that we'll, um, be able to complete it, but you're right. There's always unforeseen consequences. So typically ending the contract term is a change to a contract that can be made in an administrative level. I'm looking at the city attorney. So if we do need to do a contract amendment just to extend the term, we would not have to come back to council. And then what's typical in these contracts is that the billing rates um, can be refreshed, you know, annually. Um, so I don't, I don't foresee an issue there, but thank you for asking because we do want to have coverage for the unforeseen. Absolutely. And I just want to make sure that, you know, we, we also don't go over because there's also an unanticipated cost too with time is money and yeah. that will essentially cost. Uh, and I just want to make sure that we're, you know, we're getting a work product that is um, clean and that we're able to move forward. 
we want to get this done because it's an implementation phase. And I think we've been planning and planning for Bayfair for a while. And so we do, even though we're calling this a development plan, it really is a bold step towards implementation because we're taking on that pre-development work that, that, that the private sector normally would have to. And in cases like this, where it benefits a whole district, it's great if an agency can do it. And since we got the grant, our regional governments are really excited about the prospects for the site. So we're uh, lucky to be able to take on that pre-development work and not rely on the property owners doing it themselves. Right. Thank you. Thanks. And my last, my last comment is I, I like what San Diego has done. I've been there many times. It's a great concept. And, you know, with San Leandro having great weather, I, I think, you know, I can envision what has been done in San Diego to happen here at Bayfair. Okay. Horton Plaza. Area? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I grew up there, so I'll have to <laughs> have my mom drive me around. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you, Avalon. Vice Mayor, please. Yeah, two more questions. One is when the Macy's announced their closing a couple months ago, there was a news clip, and or Tom Leal spoke very well. Good job, Tom, when that occurred, and showed how prepared the city was for Macy's closing. Didn't expect it, but we're still prepared. And in there, um, I believe Tom had mentioned um, something similar to Emeryville. I forgot the name of the shopping center in Emeryville. Bay Street, maybe? Bay Street, yes. Bay Street, Emeryville, would kind of like a similar concept here. And, yeah. and that's, you know, really well-developed down, you know, shopping downstairs and then many units of, many stories of residential above. Where do you see that fitting in in this plan that type of shopping and residential above. So that's going to be the work of the development plan. We're going to figure out the block layout because right now you just have a sea of parking lots. So we need to figure out a way to divide those up into walkable blocks, figure out where, you know, retail should be focused, where housing has the best chance of succeeding. So that process will be unfolding where we get granular like that. And then we'll have check-ins with, you, the decision makers, you know, before we advance too far. And once we have a preferred alternative, we'll develop it out fully. Have streetscape plans, landscape plans, curb management plans. All of that work will be done through this process. Okay. And you're keeping infrastructure like the lab space with the good, strong old buildings you're talking about. You're going to keep the old buildings yeah. while developing parking lot into new buildings? Yes. So it's going to basically look at how does all of the parking lot area get turned into a walkable, livable environment with open space? And, and how does that work now that we know we have a, you know, 500,000 square foot job center at the core, right? Okay. And retail, successful retail on the other side. So we've already got some really great assets in this neighborhood. We'll be figuring out how to fill in the perimeter and then the BART properties are all potential once we solve for replacement parking. So um, we'll be figuring all of the details out. Okay. And then if you're building on parking lots, where will people park? That's the key question. So that's where, do we have structured parking lots? Do, does the parking lot, you know, do we have a garage that serves BART patrons on some levels and employees on other levels and residents on other levels? So we have to figure out the economics of it. There's district-based financing tools that we will be exploring. Um, there's that is the that is the key question. Okay, 
And then as far as uh, recreational amenities, not just parks, but fun places for youth to come to, or even older folks. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the mall owners are very interested in providing amenities within the, the mall building. So some of the, you know, the vacant tenant spaces, Bed Bath & Beyond, that could turn into a recreational use. So that's one idea. Um, and then the open space concepts will also be looking at that. So those are those are some of the really important ideas. Okay. And then the unhoused that are still behind the farmers or state farm insurance and 24 Nautilus drove by there a couple of days ago and it's extensive. What's the plan with the unhoused that are living in this area? So we will talk about that with our, we have a, a city team that, that looks at um, hotspots, if you will. Um, so most recently, as of last week, there was a cleanup on the Union Pacific. This is, this is railroad right-of-way and BART property. And so UPRR did a cleanup recently. Um, last, it got really large. And then, and then I think it was mid to late last week, it was resolved. Um, but we'll keep an eye on it. It's it's a moving target. And so we're we're gonna keep our partners at Union Pacific and BART also informed if there's cleanups needed. We'll be working collaboratively between agencies. Okay. And then just thinking out loud, helping the homeless to recover treatment, jobs. Yes. Yes, so we have our service to all this yeah. development rather than just pushing them away think through how can we integrate them better into our community. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's my Brazavito, please. Yes. The AMG area, is that unincorporated area? Uh, no, this is all within um, the unincorporated area is, is just shown where the BART property on the South is, but AM, Oh, actually on the left-hand side, the dotted line is the city boundary and AMG is within San Leandro. Okay. Is the AMG area where we're having the housing, the 497 units, it's basically the parking lot next to the, okay. And yes, I would like to see something for families or recreational in the mall too. Something like a skating ring or a bowling alley council member or vice mayor Simon's mentioned it before something for families in there because we're losing everything for families. We lost our bowling alley. Need something. Thank you. Great. We'll pass that on to the owners. So do we have, uh, I'm going to move on to public comment on this item. Do we have any cards here? Mr. Mayor, there's no public comment in person. Let's move online, please. Okay. Jeremy Johansson, you may unmute yourself. Hello. I want to first uh, say thank you for the presentation and the update. And uh, this is something I'm certainly looking forward to. We had a great discussion about what the entrance to the whole San Leandro uh, scape looks like and could be re-envisioned to do as part of the pop-up last year. I wanted to urge uh, just the reminder to include public input, particularly, you know, the groups for cycling, for walking, and also the disability community. There's a lot of support for 
the re-envisioning of that access modality. And this is an opportunity to make that whole area a lot more accessible. So thank you. Thank you. Lucas, you may unmute yourself. Uh, thank you, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you, thank you for taking my third comment of the evening. Um, I, I want to agree with uh, Councilman Aguilar that th this is an area that's prime for development, you know, surface parking right next to a major um, transportation hub is, is maybe like the worst way to use um, of prime real estate, you know, put, put up multi-layer parking structure and convert that into multi-unit housing, that, that makes perfect sense. I, I want to respond to some of the cost concerns, you know, as, as always, I have cost concerns. Um, I appreciate that the grant is coming from the Metropolitan Transportation Commission, you know, PDA grant, uh, but, but that grant, that money didn't, didn't appear out of thin air. You know, it all ultimately comes down to taxes from taxpayers, either in California and the city or in other states, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I, I am concerned that, you know, we're, we're spending all 1.8 million in this assignment without sort of a provision for um, some some breathing room. Uh, usually in these types of things, I see like 10% for overages or 20% re reserved for overages. I would have been much happier had this been like a 1.5 million expenditure with 300,000 held back for the things that always happen, which is cost overruns and delays, et cetera. I'm also concerned that this thing has been going on since 2016 per slide three in the presentation. In, in 2018, we did a Bayfair specific plan and environmental impact report. In 2020, we did a general plan and specific plan amendments. 2021, we did zoning adjustments. 2023, we did an infrastructure and financing study. And it, it strikes me odd that task two on page 17 of the uh, scope of work document, task two is community outreach and engagement plan, site tour, stakeholder interviews. Task three, it, deliverables, ownership data collection items, preliminary studies and surveys, aerial surveys, solar studies. Thank you. Your time is up. Stanley Andrew Chamber, you may unmute yourself. Hello, everybody. This is Emily Grego, President and CEO of the San Leandro Chamber of Commerce. Can you all hear me okay? Yes, we can. Okay, great. Thank you. I just want to thank um, Avalon for her presentation. She is so well versed in what is happening on this project. It is a long term project, something of this um, size and magnitude that could potentially change the landscape and the economic landscape of San Leandro takes time to do well. And I just want to thank Avalon for always just knowing everything about this project and being able to answer everybody's questions. I We have spoke um, in support of this Bayfair TOD for the past few years now. We've had a couple of San Leandro by Design events at Bayfair so that we could kind of grasp what exactly is happening on this uh, in this area, in this neighborhood, what's the potential. So I just think it's really important for everybody to continue to focus on what needs to be done. This is a very important side of town to San Leandro. There's so many ways that you can enter San Leandro from this side of town, and we have got to bring it up. It is time to raise up 
and rise up in the Bayfair area. I love that side of town. It has so much potential. We just are really thankful that B3 Investors has got the energy behind this project and uh, that we have Tom and Avalon and all the economic development department focused on this. It's, it's very important. I think that this could really change the economic landscape of San Leandro done correctly. Everybody just stay focused and please just continue to support what is needed as they move this project forward. Thank you. Thank you. Douglas Spalding, you may unmute yourself. Take our last. Uh... Uh, let me turn down my other speaker. I'm in two meetings at once. Uh, well, I believe the uh, the Bayfair TOD really is an incredible opportunity to to build a transit village in the, in the every modern sense of the word. But um, to paraphrase from uh, the Apollo thirteen um, movie, uh, we we need housing, John, and uh, and in my mind, five hundred units of housing on this huge uh, area is not nearly enough. Uh, and I think we need to we need to really expand um, and take uh, take uh, advantage of this opportunity. Um, the other thing is, uh, and I was mindful of the discussion last week, where you know we're saying part of the 300 million in, uh, well, actually we have we have capital for the navigation center uh, has not opened yet, but you know that's the first of of, of maybe uh, two or three or more navigation centers, and here again is a is an incredible opportunity um, to find space for the navigation center. I'm I'm not really concerned about trying to find some separate space for the navigation center. I think actually it's better for us to have a, a diverse area and to um, ensure that uh, that unhoused folks and the folks that go through the navigation center are really considered our neighbors. Um, the final thing I wanna say is I, you know, I um, took advantage of an opportunity that, that Dr. Mock set up for us uh, or advertised for us to go to the circuit launch in Oakland um, last Friday. It's an amazing place, and and they fixed two uh, old school lamps. I have my my great grandma Kitty's lamp is now working again. So uh, if I heard you right, that's like a a, a new tenant coming in, and, and I'm really looking forward to having them. They're they're amazing, or may, maybe the the name is similar, but hopefully the mission is very similar. Uh, it's great to have technology. Okay, I got to go to my other meeting. Bye. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. There's no more public comment. So with that, I'll close public comment and move to my council members for discussion. And certainly. Uh, willing to accept a motion. Councilmember Blue, please. Well, I actually have a couple of comments. I didn't ask any questions, but I do have a couple of comments. Avalon, thank you for the presentation. And I these comments come with the history of San Leandro embarking on two TODs at Bayfair over the last 30 years. Both of them failed. So one of them, my first comment is, and it's just Captain Obvious here, uh, if we want to have a successful transit-oriented development, we have to ensure we want to bring these companies in public safety. So I'll say it again. We need more cops. It's no surprise. Everybody knows that. We need more cops. People coming in want to see cops in the neighborhood. People that are coming to work want to park their car knowing that the, there's a better chance that the catalytic converter is there when they come out after work than that it's not. So uh, we're competing with other cities about public safety. I look at Alameda all the time, the model for public safety. So if there's a building there or a building here, it doesn't matter how good we are, how good we market. If we don't have public safety, we have some problems. And that also includes fire, and we have a good, good response from fire. In fact, Bayfair is strategically located between uh, two fire service areas. In fact, 
There's a station in Alameda County that will also respond to Bayfair if they are closer or can get there quicker than our station in San Leandro. So I think that's something that we really want to market. Uh, the other piece is that based on the 30 years, the one that failed last was because BART was going to build some housing, but then the market turned and they couldn't rent or they couldn't own one of the two. I don't remember exactly which one. I would hope that this particular people that we're going to invest with here, if the motion passes, can develop some sort of jigsaw plan so that if one of our partners has a hiccup, we can still move forward with this project. In the past, it was kind of an all or nothing, everybody all in. We've done that before. We found out what happens with that. Some might even be experiencing that right now in another part of town. The last thing I want to do is make a comment toward my, what my esteemed colleague said about um, family activities. And it, it's kind of a little bit related, but not fully related, but enough related that I'm going to say it. Family events. I know that at Bayfair, at the parking structure next to Macy's, which is that second level open air parking structure on April 27th, about 10 a.m. to 3 or 4 p.m. And we'll give you further updates in the future if needed. SLED, the San Leandro Education Foundation, is hosting a fundraiser. It's a cornhole tournament. This is something that even five-year-olds can participate in. You throw the beanbag at the hole. So what a great chance for us to really show that San Leandro cares about families, that we it's a strategic location, that we don't even need green space. It's white space. It's a concrete space. I don't know how they're going to do it. And an opportunity to really support our educational community, which is one of our seven goals on the council is to partner with educational things. So it kind of goes in line with what you're doing. But I would also encourage that if we pass this tonight, that we invite that company to come down because that might be the best place to do kind of an ad lib listening session without calling it a listening session to what the community wants and needs and a little bit of a needs assessment. So those are my comments, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, council member. On to vice mayor, Simon. Great presentation again. And Avalon and Tom, both of you just do excellent work in every project I see that comes up. And Tom, when I hear you on the news, just excellent. Even at my community chat last week, talking about improving the greenhouse, and helping the unhoused and you're talking with the unhoused and just this team is just great. So I just want to give hats off to you and uh, Fran for help managing that team. It's, it's very impressive. And the navigation center, one of the public public commenters mentioned a navigation center. And that's one thing we had talked about in a vision would be not just one district right now, District 4, my district has a planned navigation center, but every single district in our city have a navigation center. I think there was some talk at one point about Bayfair having one, but now with planned, you know, we're planning out what we're going to see here, and there's so many facilities and buildings that are there, and we've got jobs, and, you know, what better place to be than to help unhoused people get jobs and to help them. So if we could start thinking about navigation center and not letting that leave, leave our mind that we have to provide um, facilities to help our unhoused. We can't forget, we have to continue to think about our neighbors, like we are, they are our neighbors. And council member Aguilar mentioned the BART in Oakland. Um, I think it's MacArthur BART and building high rise right on top of the BART station or in the parking lot. and. I keep thinking, why reinvent the wheel like In-N-Out Burger? When they build their restaurants, they just build the same floor plan over and over again, all over the state, multiple West Coast states. Why can't we do that with housing? Why can't we pick up the MacArthur BART plans 
change the geotech a little bit and just rebuild it. Why do we keep reinventing the wheel? I don't understand. In and out Burger can do it. We can do it. So let's really try to think differently and not complicate things if we can. And those are my comments. Oh, fire. Also fire. When I remember, like, um, council member mentioned thinking about fire since there's so much more, you know, buildings going in. Thank you. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Uh, council member Aguilar, please. Thank you, Mayor Gonzalez. Um, I'd like to move this item. Thank you. Got a motion from Councilmember Aguilar. Uh, Councilmember Azevedo. I'll second it. Okay, so I've got a motion from Councilmember Aguilar, motion, uh, second from uh, Councilmember Azevedo. Looking around to see if I've got further discussion, seeing none, let's please vote. All votes are in. Motion passes 501 with Councilmember Bowen absent. At this point in time, I'd like to move to item 13B. We have Ms. Schultz coming back to introduce this item as well. This is about adopting a resolution authorizing application to and participation in the California Department of Housing and Community Development's Pro Housing Designation Program. I think we've talked about this perhaps last year. So it's good to see this on our agenda. Yes, thank you. And this is an item that is on your Housing and Homelessness Council Priorities Work Plan. So um, it's a little bit late, but we we got it. And we are ready to get your authorization to submit an application to HCD to be designated as a pro-housing community. And HCD set up this program to reward cities who are showing leadership on housing production and it's really about increasing development capacity, aligning with state priorities, promoting equity in the community, and um, really being in line with all of the different statutes that the state has passed um, to help address the housing crisis. So that's what pro-housing refers to here. It's really about housing production. Um, and in recognition of cities who have done, have done this hard work, they have given us an opportunity to be competitive for various state grants. And there is also funding sources that is coming down just for pro-housing designated cities. So um, this council has been really focused on maximizing grants and getting pro-housing designation is a great way to do that. In order to get the designation, we need to score a minimum of 30 points across four categories. And it does allow for a two-year implementation window so we can actually get credit for policies that have not yet been adopted. And since, of course, you know, our policy amendments are going to come before council through a public process, if it turns out that we don't adopt the policies we thought we were going to, we would have to then revise the application with the state to reflect our actual policy framework. Um, so we have conservatively assumed we can get up to 47 points out of the minimum 30. We attached that matrix to the packet, but we'll be working with HCD on our application and getting it in, in the next several weeks. If, if we get your direction to do so tonight, and those points are spread between a variety of categories that help accelerate the building of new housing. And then there are enhancement factors that can earn us extra points. And so right now there's 37 communities in California that have been designated as pro-housing and there are only two in Alameda County. So Emeryville and Oakland are the others in Alameda County. And, um, you know, if designated, we would likely be the third. 
And then here are some examples of the pro-housing policies, um, establishing a local housing trust fund where we invest funds into housing production. Um, the one that we haven't en enacted yet that's on our housing element implementation plan and our council priority work plan is bringing up the um, interesting topic of parking reduction. So that's something that parking is 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 one of the reasons it can be very expensive and hard to build housing. It's a very um, topic that lots of people like to discuss. So we do have it on our work plan to bring on a consultant to look at parking reductions, and that definitely earns points. And then we've done a lot of other items through the housing element and other policy efforts. You know, we we accommodated our regional need for housing. We've done been encouraging ADU production, streamlined our permitting process, have objective standards and a very streamlined process. So we um, would score well on the application. And I also just want to take a moment to highlight the team has been um, looking for grant funds for housing and homelessness. Um, we've even received a recent $1.7 million in, in estimated grant funds for how much affordable housing we've produced over the last housing cycle. And so all in all, we're at $14.8 million in recent grant funds. A lot of those are for the Nimitz Navigation Center and um, housing. So a job well done. This is mostly from our housing team. Um, and we'll keep pursuing grants and this type of designation will really help us with our scoring and help us attract more grant funds. And so that's why tonight we are recommending that the council adopt a resolution authorizing us to work with HCD on the application and continue to participate in the program um, with the understanding that if we, you know, stop doing these things, we would potentially lose our status. So we it's a, it's a living thing. We've got to maintain it. And so we want to make sure we, we uh, transparently share that with you ahead of submitting an application. And then if we get your authorization, we would be submitting in early March. Thank you. Okay. So thank you for literally checking off something potentially on our uh, council priority list. It's, it's very exciting to see that. I don't suspect we'll have a lot of discussion on you doing specifically what we asked for, um, but there is an opportunity, obviously, if, if folks have questions to clarify, uh, feel free to ask. Uh, Vice Mayor, please. Yes, thank you. You mentioned two other cities are part of this program, in Alameda County. It's just kind of hard to believe that there's only two. Why? Why so few? I think that the bar is set high enough that for a lot of communities, um, they may not be willing to trade control over every development application. It requires you to do a lot of streamlining to make things more predictable and easy. And there's a lot of communities that aren't doing that still. And so they can't earn the points. That might be one of the reasons. I think San Leandro has been by far a leader in housing production and in, in um, like when we did the housing element, the community and the council were so aligned with the state's goals to see housing produced and to help those in need. Not every community had that same experience from what my colleagues have shared with me. Thank you. So seeing no other questions, I'd like to get a public comment. I don't know, Madam Clerk, do we have public comment on this item? Mr. Mayor, we have no public comment in person and two online. Let's go online, please.
Lucas, you may unmute yourself. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. And uh, I apologize maybe for taking for opportunity to, to speak with the council this afternoon, but I did miss a few of the meetings earlier this year. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I want to ask a question around um, this preliminary housing designation table. Uh, column three lists enacted or proposed pro-housing policy changes, and some of them are listed as enacted and some of them are proposed. And the proposed ones, all of them seem to make sense, like eliminating or reducing minimum parking requirements. That's one uh, F or permitting, you know, having priority permitting processing for lower income households, two F or priority permitting pro uh, processing or reduced plan check times for ADUs and JADUs, two J. There's a lot of really good rows here. Um, are all of these proposed items agendized for this year? And if not, could they be agendized for this year so we could just you know, get, get them reviewed, get them done and get them on the books uh, and, and not wait you know, the two years that we're allowed to get all of this done? Um, thank you. Thank you. Ginny Madsen, you may unmute yourself. So hi, um, I cannot say enough that this is really important. You all know that. I personally have sat through council meetings in the past, in the past where the, there were parking limitations discussed. They never got passed and I hope you have better luck than they did in the past. But this is very, 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 very important. And the reason I think that other Stanley, uh, that only Oakland and Emeryville have done this is that San Leander was ahead of the game on this. This has been 10 or more years of work by Tom Liao and the housing group. And it's like the state finally caught up to you guys. And I hope that this comes through. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Mayor, there is no more public comment. So I'll close public comment and move to my council members for discussion and or a motion. I've got council member Ballou, please. Thank you, Avalon, for the presentation. Thank you, Tom, for the work of your uh, department on this over the years, as stated by a previous public speaker. Mr. Mayor, I'll move this item. I have a motion from council member Ballou to adopt a resolution. Council member Aguilar. Uh, thank you, Mayor. I'd like to uh, second the motion. Um, adopt the resolution for a pro-housing designation program, authorizing the submittal of the applica application to state HCD. Thank you. Looking at my, my dais here, I don't see any further discussion. So I've got a motion by Councilmember Ballou, move the resolution and a second by Aguilar, please vote. All votes are in, motion passes. 501 with council member Bowen absent. Nope. Yeah, that's very hard counting. And so just to be really precise with our record, she's not an abstain, correct? So the, the, the zero one is just, you're saying not present. So it's five zero, yeah. not. Five yeses, zero noes, one absent. When absent, not abstain. Correct, absent. Perfect. And then, so let's move to item number 14. Council request to schedule agenda items. Do we have any?
Let's remember Aguilar is still there from before. I can't remember. Okay, I, I will take you out of the queue. Um, I will add something for consideration at our priority session, if I can get a second. It'll, okay, well, then I don't even need a second. That's awesome. So it's it's going to be on the list. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to talk about the number of tobacco licenses that we have and tobacco advertising. I was at a wonderful youth event uh, last weekend, opening up an indoor soccer facility here in the city of San Leandro. And it was quite disheartening to see all these children and immediately behind them was uh, this ba big banner waving that said, smoke, smoke, smoke. And I thought that we were far past that in 1970. So the, the, the proliferation of smoke shops in the city of San Leandro and just more generally the number of licenses. So exploring that topic around the, the issue of public health. Um, and the second uh, thing in that vein, I know that we've had certain activity at certain um, shops that sell liquor late into the evening, uh, robberies and the like. So considering the hours of operation and or the number of uh, liquor store licenses in the city of San Leandro, as we consider ways in which we can reduce the risk of uh, certain illegal activity. So we'll, we'll, at least it's on the list of things to be considered in our priority session. With that, I'll move to item number 15, city council reports, please. Uh, Councilmember Aguilar. Uh, thank you, Mayor Gonzalez. On uh, Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, I attended the 1022nd meeting of the Board of Trustees of the Alameda County Mosquito Abatement District. Um, President Roach uh, acknowledged me and presented me with the President's Award plaque to immediate press president, which is myself. And I celebrated my fifth year on the board and will be receiving accommodation and a silver mosquito abatement um, belt buckle computer. It's amazing. It's uh, a lot of us vie for that. Um, we did um, talk about our resolution to change the name of the mosquito laboratory to Dr. Jan O. Washburn uh, Memorial Mosquito Lab. We also discussed that there was a uh, West Nile virus to report uh, on a, board, a bird that we found in Union City. Um, but as far as humans uh, contracting it, there is there is no West Nile virus in humans to report. That conducts my report. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Councilmember Azevedo, please. On Tuesday, February 13, I attended the ABDA Personnel Committee. We discussed um, compensation for employees. And on the Thursday, the 15th, I attended the ABDA commission meeting. Uh, Councilmember Blue, please. Mayor, I have an adjournment request. It's not a report. So on my end, I will add that I, uh, earlier in this month, uh, attended the BACMED meeting where we talked about the updates to our strategic plan in that uh, meeting, we focused on the inclusion of environmental justice principles in Bagmet's goals. We also explored the imp uh, increased use of metrics and in adding to our core values things like transparency, accountability, and integrity um, with the ultimate objective of being able to document more effectively and communicate with the public what the agency is doing 
and to demonstrate that it's making progress in meeting its objectives. So at this point in time, I've, I'm going to move to item number 16, adjournment, and I do have a request from Council Member Ballou. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'd like us to consider adjourning the meeting tonight in honor of one of our city's long-term residents, Oscar Boren, who was sailing a resident for many, many years, moving here in the 50s after immigrating here from Italy. He was born November 4th, 1920, and died January 1st, 2024, at the ripe old age of 103 years old. His first 101 years, he had a great life, uh, and then his, then his health started getting a little bit of the better of him. Um, he's one of the few people that were still alive that saw the beginning and the end of World War II. Uh, when the war ended, he was in Milan and there were no jobs, but he knew there were jobs in Rome. So he got a bicycle and he bicycled from Milan to Rome, 400 some odd miles and spent spent the night at vineyards and with farms would take him in and feed him. He would take advantage of that. He was a server at the Colombo Club and he was a, probably the best thing about him. He was a great citizen, always taking the high road with a positive outlook at 100 years old. The guy always had a smile on his face and that is saying something. So. Uh, I think that may have helped him live so long as his outlook on life. I think it would be nice if we honor him with the journey and the meeting in his honor. That's a very kind request. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he was over in district number two, Council Barra Savito. So he lived in the Assumption Parish. Yeah, right by Assumption. In, in D2. Um, so let's do that. Let's take about 15 seconds of silence and in memory of, of Mr. Boren. And so with that, we are adjourned at 838.